Right, and we have kicked off. It is the podcast, the football podcast, Play On. Thank you for listening. As always, make sure you check us out on all podcast platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, share, like, write a comment. Let us know how you're getting on on all social medias at podcast play on at beer rant at beer rap bants. Can get my words out there. I go by the name of Ben English, playing at number 10 role, linking everyone together. How are we doing, gentlemen? Cal, how you doing, sir? Very good. How are you doing yourself, sir? I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm excited. The league has started. Fans are back. It's a new day. It's a new day. Ash, how you feeling, dare I ask? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. What's going on? <laughs> Ash has gone out on the night before and he's rocked up to the game. He's like <laughs> bagging his hands, doing his boots. Oh, no, 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 I don't he's smoke. He's got to be sick in the smoke. corner it's, flag. It's no, the rum, not smoking. It's the rum in the system, not bagging the hand. <laughs> When the rum's in the system, ain't no telling. Will he, will he dissing? That's what I'll be yelling. <laughs> I'm a pimp by blood. <laughs> were you singing that last night? I bet you was karaoke If it came night. on. You know what, though? It's weird. My voice is a little bit raspy because when the tunes start tuning, I get into my karaoke bag. I can't okay. sing, but I still try. Yeah. So big up everyone that was at Matt's Barbecue. Everyone who's outside as the weather's getting better. Um, so today we're going to just kick start with, as always, um, some football banter with the we're going to start with our predictions. Obviously, the league started this weekend. We're going to touch on the fixtures and the results that have gone on. And then we're going to weave in some news throughout. Uh, we're going to start with predictions. First of all, um, I'm happy to kick start with this. And then obviously, guys, you can chime in and, and add yours. And then, as always, listeners, let us know your thoughts. So I've gone. What did we say? Top six, didn't we? I think top six, and then I think I threw in a golden boot and then maybe a yeah. maybe a, a Mystic Meg prediction. But I was going with nothing sort of out of the ordinary here. I think in Man City to win it, the way they're strengthening with Grealish, possibly Kane, and uh, they could post two or three teams out and still be strong. Pep's going to do it back to back. It's hard, you know, it's hard to win the league, but to retain it is even harder. So I think he's going to want to prove to Liverpool. Chelsea and all the other fans that you know all the money he's spending he's good for it so I'm going to go Man City to win Chelsea Chelsea is a strong second place running up I think getting Lukaku I think Tuchel has got you know it's got it all uh, all sussed out I really like what they're doing they've got a strong bench I'm going to go Liverpool third Man United fourth Leicester fifth and despite yesterday's result, I was I was going to say Aston Villa, although I'm slightly thinking maybe I need to change that for Spurs or Arsenal. But I'm going to go Villa there. I'm going to go Lukaku, Golden Boot. And I'm going to say Arteta to be sacked by the international break. That's my that's my predictions. You probably could all go tits up, but we'll see. Um, and we're going to touch on more of those, obviously, with the results, especially with the Arteta thing and the way some of these teams finished up over the weekend and my thoughts there so so over to you I'm going to go Ash because I've got yours in the WhatsApp here what's your thoughts on your prediction sir so I agreed with the top two I think City and Chelsea will be the two teams fighting out for the title I've got City pipping them at the moment but um, I may revise that I just like after seeing what they did yesterday the amount of talent that they didn't play Chelsea are really scary Really, really scary this season. Um, I had United third and Liverpool fourth. I actually think United have strengthened. 
I, you know, actually, I think all four teams are going to be quite close because United have got in an amazing centre back in Varane. Um, they've got another creative player in Jaden Sancho as well. They've had a very good window, um, and I think if they were to get a, a, another defensive midfielder, that they'll do really well. Liverpool haven't done much, but they've got some of their big guns back. And I had Leicester and Spurs to make up the top six. Mm. Um, my golden boot will be Harry Kane, especially if he gets the move to City. Um, I think if he goes to City, he could be the person who fires them to back-to-back titles. And my prediction is that for Arsenal to finish ninth or tenth, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to sack Arteta very quickly because I think they're kind of wedded to this whole idea of where he's going to get it right and he isn't the right manager for us. Um, so mm-hmm. I think we're going to finish ninth or tenth at best. I wouldn't even be surprised if we finish in the bottom half of the table. And that's the honest truth. I'm with, I'm with Ash on the Arteta prediction. I think the Cronkers are very happy with just kind of consolidation, like just to just stay in the league, just stay like mid-table or something. Although I could be wrong. Maybe maybe there is some ambition there. Maybe what they want is value for money. They don't want to spend a lot and they want a manager to do a madness and, and, and be successful. And Arteta is not actually doing the madness and not being successful. So maybe they might think we can get a better coach than Arteta in. Who knows? But... Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed in myself because I come up with this great idea and then I didn't even flip and get my team done. My um my prediction done. I literally did it just now. I was gonna map out all of the points and, and do it based on statistics, but I've just gone with my gut feeling, right? So I've got Chelsea to win the league. I think that now that Lukaku's in there, we've seen how great their defense was at the end of last season. And Tuchel didn't have that much time in the Premier League and he still did fantastically well. You give him a guaranteed goal scorer like Lukaku. So they don't have to rely on Werner missing chances all the time now. Well, I think there's only one outcome. Uh, City, yes, they're going to be fantastic. I do like Grealish. Everybody loves him, don't don't they? And um, I think he's going to be strong. I would like to see what Pep does with him if maybe, you know, they do this false nine kind of stuff and he turns Grealish into a goal-scoring machine um, instead of maybe signing someone like Kane. That's possible. But I think they'll have a good season. Maybe go, go close with Chelsea. United... I've honestly, this could change because United are looking very strong, man. I mean, the result that they had this weekend was was absolutely phenomenal, wasn't it? Uh, definitely Champions League place, challenging for the title as well. Um, Liverpool for that fourth spot, and then Leicester and Spurs to kind of complete the top six, I think. Interesting. So let us know your thoughts on social media. What are your top six? Um, we haven't touched on relegation. Maybe we could do that another day. But yeah, it should be uh, it should be an interesting season. I've been really impressed with the opening games, the fact that fans are back, and um, uh, no real surprises, which we're going to go through now with the results. Friday nights kick off Brentford, first time in the Premier, you know, first time in the Premier League, um, a team that sort of come up through the grassroots, got a great manager, and uh, doing it, you know, playing football the right way, quote unquote. Playing Arsenal, a team just sort of all over the place at the minute. No Lacazette, no Aubameyang through illness. Make of that what you will. Missing Partey, missing Gabriel. You know, any team missing their four main stars are going to struggle. But the team Arteta put out, it was a young team. I said to my friend in the, in, in the pub, it felt like a cup game. It had that mm. sort of energy. Friday night fans were there. It did feel like a Carabao Cup game. The way young players were were put out. Balogun, bless him, he tried. 
he wasn't terrible, but he did, didn't have the strength. He didn't have the know-how to deal with them. Those wily championship players and um, and just Arsenal just bullied. Same old Arsenal. Uh, Leno arguably could have saved the first effort with Chambers uh, trying to show Canos on his right. And he just came in and whacked it at the near post. Great goal, by the way. And uh, then the thrower, man. This is Hackney Marsh's Sunday League football. Leno wrapped up. Not not strong enough. Not dealing with the first throw in the ball. It bounces over White's head. Not known for his heading ability, obviously being bullied by Tony all game. And it's a tap in there. Brentford could have had a few more. Arsenal rule at sea. It was disappointing, man. But not surprising. I thought a draw would be lucky to get away with a draw. And they didn't even have that. Sort of looked pretty with the possession. Nothing to show for it. There's a lot of pressure on Smith Rowe, who played well. I thought he played well. Mm. Number 10 rolls, a lot of pressure on him. At first, I saw the lineup, I thought, right, this is a lot of pace. Balogun, Pepe, Martinelli, Smith Rowe, um, we're going to go at them. Arsenal going to go at them. And it just, they just couldn't deal with it. It was written in the stars, you know, Brentford, first game back, just, just the intensity. They were lively, they were energetic, they had a game plan, and they just smothered Arsenal. And could this be the shape of things to come, Ash? What were your thoughts on the on the loss? Um, yeah, I agree with everything that you said. It kind of did feel like a a, Car- a Carabao Cup team. When I saw the the lineup, I just yeah, I just didn't really have much um, enthusiasm. You could probably hear it in my voice. Like I'm 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 actually over Arsenal. Um, I said it in the last podcast. I've said it like towards the end of last season. This is just it's ridiculous. And I think when you come into a season, you spend money on the likes of Ben White, stuff like that we're a lot weaker than when we weren't spending money. Like, we've actually really thrown money at the squad and we seem to just be picking up players who just aren't really of the of, of the required standard. I mean, the fact that we're having to go and shop and get a Brighton defender for £50 million, pounds, um, I just I just think that speaks volumes of, of where we're at as a club. Like, um, we were even linked with um, arguably the worst goalkeeper in the league last year, Ramsdale. Ish, I just don't know what we're doing. Like, mm-hmm. I just we just have no direction. It's really poor, and it's actually got to the stage now where a lot of my friends don't even like banter me. They genuinely like check in. Like, Ash, are you okay? Like, <laughs> <clears throat> it's gone past banter. It's actually like, ah, oh, like, are, are you okay? Should like, should we even talk about football or, you know, let's talk about the weather or have you had your jab yet? Like, that's literally where conversations going because talking about football is pointless. As far as I'm concerned, and I said it earlier on, if we stay, if we stick with Arteta, we will only be uh, a mid-table team. Mm. Um, I think he's the problem. I, I cited him. I cited this appointment being the problem when it first happened. And yeah, we won a we won an FA Cup. That was a great moment. Um, Punches chance as a, as someone who I speak to says all the time. But yeah, this club is just on a real decline, and I don't really know what like. I don't really know what else more I can say that I haven't said already. Um, Cal, could you see any positives from Friday night's game? Any one or two players that you thought, yeah, you, you, you stepped up or any patterns of play? Anything you saw that caught your eye? Not really. Um, to be honest, it was a complete shit show. As a fan, I was just disappointed. I mean, I saw that 
you know, from preseason, we, we didn't look great. I saw that there were problems in the team. And I thought to myself, if we go into the start of the season with Callum James playing right back, there's going to be so many teams that can hurt us. And, you know, even Brentford have got wingers with pace. They, they can play with like some nice, neat passing. They can set themselves up to be defensively solid and prevent you from creating chances or scoring goals. We definitely struggled with that. I think the main thing that really was really worrying for me was the team selection. Because straight away, the game starting off, I'm looking at the lineup and I'm thinking, what is going on? And the lineup, the team just looked weak. It kind of looked like if you put this team out every week, we're going to get relegated. That is, and that is, you know, whatever the reason for players not being available, you know, all right, you say that Lacazette and Aubameyang are ill. Okay, let's say that they're, they're unavailable. And let's say that Thomas Partey's, you know, he was injured against uh, Chelsea in the preseason and he's, he's still not available. So you get injuries, you get suspensions, these kind of things are going to happen. Your squad has to be capable of being able to fill in the gaps for the first team players and still performing well. And this game showed me that our squad isn't capable of doing that. Yeah, well said. There was, you know, they were bringing on Reese Nelson, who I like, but when when the chips are down, it's uh, it's not the right time. And it's it's I don't want to be all doom and gloom, and obviously it's been doom and gloom for a lot of Arsenal fans, but uh, it's it's not looking good. It's not looking good. And I think I li- I heard uh, one Brentford fan on the radio last night, and he was saying Arsenal fans, you know, you you you're giving up in your team and your manager after one game. You know, football's about ups and downs, but Arsenal fans, like Ash was saying, have have been sick and tired of this for the past two seasons, the past however many years. Um, the if, owner. I would say if you want, manager. if you want, if you want to look at a bright spot, sorry to interrupt. I think you've got to look at Sambi Lokonga. He definitely yes. does look like a good young player, mm. and he looks first team ready. Uh, Tavares came off the bench. Um, you know, uh, you can you can see that he has talent. Um, whether or not him and Kieran Tini can both play in the same team or not, I don't know. Um, but Tierney didn't have a great game. Um, I, I think we're in a bit of trouble. Can I add into that? So the biggest worry I have with the young talent is that they don't have the right manager to utilise them. Because I think it's great having these young players coming up. But like I said, the biggest f- f- the biggest failing for me is is our actual coach. Because he's experimented in a Europa League semi-final playing a false nine. Yet through the whole of preseason, he hasn't experimented. Like he's played the same four-two-three-one, doesn't move things around, doesn't do anything different. Obviously, we've then like missed out on Lacazette and Aubameyang for this one game. But preseason's a time for experimenting. Mm-hmm. A, Euro- a Europa League semi-final is not a time for experimenting. So these are just the kind of things where it's just like a broken clock is 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 right twice a day. I'm struggling to even see when he's right twice. Like, that's genuinely where Arteta is at now. Like, there's so many things I'm seeing that he's just not doing well. And I think, but then above that is just the club aren't doing things well. Mm. Like, just consistently not doing things well. Like, even someone like Joe Willock, right? He's now gone, he's now gone for, say, what, like 20 mil. We've brought in other players. Cool. I understand that he needs to go, he needs to play and stuff like that. But I guarantee if we had him in, and I, again, I'm not going to sit here and say that like this, but he should have done, he should have been there. Like, I've spoken about Leno for so long. Like I don't think he's I don't think he's good enough. 
like the right back situation, the amount of players who you just got there just wasting away like oh it's just it's just frustrating. It's it's exasperating. That's mm. actually the word it is, it's exasperating and it's actually gonna get a lot worse. Mm. <laughs> so what the one glimmer of hope that Arsenal fans have is the fact that the transfer window is still open. So there is still a possibility that we can bring in at least one big player that could change our fortunes. We lack some creativity. I don't think Emil Smith-Rowe should be our main guy, our main creative outlet going into this season. He's really unproven. He should be rotating with someone that is proven. And if we can get in like a James Madison, that could change everything for us going forward. Well, why would Madison want to come to us? Yeah. Well, He's like, like that, 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 that. And even like Odegaard, I wasn't overly... Um, I wasn't overly impressed with his loan spell. Lots of people said, "Ah, oh, he's great." I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure. Like right now, what is the draw? What is the draw to bring players to Arsenal? Well, money. No, but even then, like lots of people are play, paying bet, like better money now. It's not even. Yeah, but no, I'm saying that's the only that's the only incentive mm-hmm. I'm playing like playing in front of sixty thousand in London money. But um, you know, I think one player won't do it. I think this is mm-hmm. embedded in, yeah. you know, Treya. Luke Strayer didn't, you know, God knows where he is. Willian, God knows what he was doing. Both your main strikers apparently ill before the biggest game, the first game of the season. He's had a fallout with Cedric. Bellerin, God knows what's doing with him and his moustache. Xhaka couldn't even get that through the door with Roma. Then they've made him captain. All right, he had an OK game. and he's, But he's, you know, he's been there almost 10 years. It's, <laughs> it's mad. And it's like Arteta's almost too stubborn for yeah. his own good and it's going to be the you know to the failing of, of, of our club um, I'm going to move it along on a Yay. complete opposite <laughs> complete opposite of where sort of Arsenal fans and, and, and the team is at the minute but Man United uh, Old Trafford laid a home game yesterday to their one of their main rivals historically although in recent times you might not say so Um Man United 5, Leeds 1. And unfortunately, before the match, social media picked up a bit of uh, sort of, well, violence, not a bit, but fans. You can't even call them fans. It's yobs fighting in the street, throwing chairs, punching each other. And what is going on? You know, if, if COVID and anything's taught us is that, you know, people got to come together, show unity. And I saw some video footage of Man United and Leeds Fans fighting in the streets. That was madness. I saw footage of Millwall. I think it was Millwall QPR the other week as well. They were fighting and, and families that were having a nice picnic had to be escorted away while people were getting nicked. It's this doesn't doesn't bode well. So that slightly marred the, the day. But Man United came out flying. A hat trick from Bruno Fernandes. Put your hand up if you're captain Bruno Fernandes. No, yeah, I think everyone, no. <laughs> <laughs> everyone went Salah. So you had Bruno with his first hat trick. Paul Pogba, man, Pogba's second uh, was it his second assist? The, one well, the first Greenwood. one for Greenwood. That was yeah. that was tasty. But Pogba's, you know, he's got McTominay and Fred who have improved massively under Solskjaer, uh, giving Pogba that that freedom just to be, you know, the world world class player that he is. Um, Greenwood popping out of a great finish. Yeah, just to add into that, I think what 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 they what he's done as well is he's playing off the left. So what it means is he's not actually occupying the central areas. 
So when he goes in there, they almost create an overload yeah. because you normally have, like, say, two, because Bruno's in there as well. You've got Fred McTominay and then you've got Pogba tucking in. So you've actually got four players in that central area, meaning there's a lot of times where he's almost free because the, there's normally three in there. So he's unoccupied and the fullback doesn't come in with him. But whenever he plays on the right or he plays somewhere else, he's either in he's in, in there too early or he's occupied. So that's why I think he does really well. But I think it it put, poses a problem for them in the future because when Rashford comes back, he likes the left. Sancho can play on the left. But actually, Pogba off the left is where his best performances have been over the last like, the calendar year. Um, mm. But yeah, four excellent assists. And Bruno, Bruno a hat-trick with no penalties, like... It was it was it was a very good hat trick as well. He's a change he's a change man. He's a change man. Just going back to that though, I think with Sancho and and Rashford, I feel that they could definitely try and play them down the middle and with that pace. Okay. So Rotec like they've got Martial, Greenwood, Rashford, Cavani as well. Sancho, Cavani, sort of <clears> getting on a bit but still playing in important games. So to have that much pace running in behind with those balls from from Bruno and, and Pogba, when Pogba's got time, like anyone, I suppose, but him more so, he's just pick anything apart. It's, it's when he's been in the centre of the park, like you said, or he's just been congested and, and then he gets swallowed up that he loses it. He tries to do something a bit too fancy and that's when he gets criticised. But Man United coming out flying. Great goal by Ailing, And it was a, it was a the weekend of goals for defenders. There's some amazing goals from... The defenders this weekend and Ailing scoring screamer to make it level, but then United just on the charge. Lindelof a great ball for to Bruno Fernandez with the offside line. I'm 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 glad that I feel more goals will be given this season with this this offside um, adaptation or sort of giving a bit more space and also the refs allowing games to flow throughout the weekend. Games mm. were flowing, players were getting clattered or falling over, and games were just flowing. So, well done to the refs there. Um, Man United, strong start to the season. Thoughts on um, Jaden Sancho's first little appearance for Manchester United? Is he looking like he's going to be, you know, one of the stars of the season? I think it's too early to say. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, way too early, way too early. But listen, we've uh, with Fred Bruno. Pogba giving you passes, you know, and, and playing in around the other guys, it can only be can only be a good thing. I think what we've what we've clearly got is we've got four very good football teams in this league. I think um, underneath that, <clears throat> as long as they kind of keep their stuff together, I think those four teams are going to be. I think they could put like ten or fifteen points in between them and everyone else. I really mm. do. I really do this year. Well, they're running. Man United's run is looking tasty. Mm. So. Mm. We'll know, we'll know in a few weeks. Um, moving on, Burnley Brighton. Now, this was probably the Acabuster. I think Burnley people would have maybe had a draw or uh, Brighton did well towards the end of se- uh, you know towards the end of the season, but they popped up with uh, two late-ish goals. Now playing without Ben White and uh, that man Potter Paper Harry Potter doing it again for Brighton. They sort of just ticking over. Burnley got to be disappointed with losing that one. I feel. Yeah, they would have been looking to get at least a draw first game at home. But yeah, it was a bit of a nothing game. It was all right, like nothing really to write home about. Yeah, yeah. Valuable three points. Right, the game. Uh, Cal, I saw you tweet something about watching uh, Crystal Palace and Patrick Vieira's first game. What a game to uh, start off your managerial career in a premiership. Crystal Palace losing 3-0 at home to Chelsea. Now, I saw a few minutes of this in the first half and it just looked like Chelsea were just swarming Palace. They couldn't get out of their area. Just 
attack after attack after attack, and lo and behold, a clear three 0 win. Did, did you watch the game in the end, Cal? I did. Um, I heard that there was a record that uh, Vieira had where he'd never actually lost the game against Chelsea. So the whole time he was playing for Arsenal, he'd never lost to Chelsea. So I was wondering, as a manager, is this something that he can be able to keep going? But unfortunately, no, that record comes from the end in his very first game as a manager in the Premier League. And um, it's just unfortunate for him that their first game was against Chelsea. You know, maybe if they played some smaller teams, they had a chance to kind of get some draws and some wins, get some confidence, they could go on a run from there. But to lose 3-0 in your first game, that's going to be quite damaging for the confidence of the players. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to have to try and pick themselves back up uh, going into the next game. And, and it's going to be difficult. Um, I did think that... Uh, I, did think, I didn't actually think that Crystal Palace were terrible. I thought that, you know, in some bits they did seem to deal with some of Chelsea's threats okay. It was just that Chelsea are very, very, very good. Very good. Um, that free kick from Alonso was incredible. You know, a goal like that, what can you really do about that? Um, and, you know, and then you've got so much pace and, and, and precision passing throughout that Chelsea team. And I think maybe what you could say about this game is that Vieira was tactically naive trying to, to go to Stamford Bridge and play a 4-4-2 when really a 4-5-1 or some kind of a, a formation where you only have one striker up front would have given you more of a chance to defend against them. And you're definitely going to be defending when you're playing against Chelsea away. So maybe that was a bit of tactical naivety. You know, if they'd have gone with one striker and, and an extra defensive midfielder in the team, maybe that would have given them a better chance of stopping um, Kovacic and Jorginho popping the ball around. But um, unfortunately, it is what it is. But yeah, all credit to Chelsea. They're, like I say, they might uh, gut feeling for the Premier League title and they definitely backed it up after that performance. Mm. I'm, I'm guessing Vera is probably trying just to soak up pressure and just trying to get out and hit him on the break with the, you know, with the pace and the width for this. Not not a traditional 4-4-2, obviously, as a big man, little man up front, but with Zaha there, because he looked good in pre-season, Zaha, for right, mm. okay. But look, you're going to get the European champions, you're going against... A team that Tuchel's had um, a bit longer to sort of to work on that that three five two that he had. I think it was three five two um, and goals from different players. Alonso with a free kick, like you said, Pulisic there, and Chalobah. I was really happy for Chalobah's strike from outside the box and his celebration. You know, he, he said he'd been there since he was eight years old. And he cried, and that's that's what we like to see. And in front of the fans as well. Really was an emotional day for absolutely for amazing strike as well, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Was we have to discuss. Yards out? Ah. Which defender do you think had the best goal? Ailing. Ailing. Hundred yeah. percent. I like Chalaba's goal, but the thing with Ailing's one is he hits it on the run. Mm. It's on the rise. Like kisses the post. Yeah, I think I think it's Ailing's. Although Chalaba's is a very good goal. Beats the Hayer as well, so. Yeah. De Gea starting as well, which is interesting to see how that's going to work with him. And, I don't know. Henderson. Henderson, Henderson's injured because. Oh, was, was he? I thought he was on the yeah. bench. Nah, Heaton was on the bench. Heaton. Oh, sorry. Oh, they got Heaton as well. Yeah. Okay. United not mucking around. So, and like you said, Ash, prior to, to to discussing the game now with the predictions, Chelsea's got players to come back. They can rotate. Mouse, uh, Mouse. Well, he was a mouse in the Euros, but Mason Mount, he looked lively. He was sort of in those little pockets trying to make stuff work. Pulisic, 
Um, he needs to try and cement his place with obviously Ziyech, Werner, and Havertz. Uh, everyone's you know, fighting for different positions. You know the crazy thing about Chelsea right now is we still haven't even spoken about some of their younger talent. So Gilmore's out on loan. Mm-hmm. Loftus Cheek is still around there. Hudson Odoi um, plays quite like has been playing quite a bit. He likes Hudson Odoi, didn't he? He used to be like a wing back, didn't he, in the um, Super Cup game? Yeah. Exactly, like Reese James still hasn't kind of come back in. They've got Ben Chilwell, Thiago mm. Silva will be there for experience. They've got Chris Jensen, Zuma can't get a game at the moment. Rudiger has been like super improved. Even like what he did with Kepa in the week, so to give him the penalties, a bit of a confidence boost saying, yeah. well, you may not be my number one. I still see that, like I see what your, like, your skill set is. And as a result, I'm going to bring you in. And he was a hero for the penalties. So I just, I think, to, I think, the reason why Chelsea are going to be so good is because of their manager. And I think 100%. it really illuminates what we're lacking versus what Chelsea got at that period of time last year. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Good. good. Um, he, he seems to tick all the boxes. He's good with the players. Tactically, he gets it right, especially against Pep in, the, in you know, Champions League. And um, <clears throat> Everton, uh, sorry, Chelsea, one to watch. Right, moving on. Everton, 3-1. Everton with Benitez now at the helm. He's... You know, once a Liverpool manager legend and uh, he's taken over. Can Everton push on with their, uh, they're almost falling, you know, they're always there, but then they just fall short. They went behind early to an Armstrong goal, a a defensive mistake by Keane at the back. Great great finish. Great finish, yeah. Um, Everton have that mistake in them. They've always got that mistake in them. But then Richarlison popped up with a goal and assist and someone who did well during the Olympics. I was surprised to see him start, actually. I thought he might have been a bit too tired with the Olympics and travelling, but he popped up. Decore with a great goal Mm. and got a yellow card for taking his shirt off and jumping in to the crowd. I'm not having that Awobi assist, by the way. That is a fantasy football fast. That that is like an Awobi flick on, didn't know what was going on. Decore, 360, top bins. And then Calvert-Lewin... Where any other person with five yard tapping with their foot or shin, Calvert Lewin, <laughs> the tallest player has to go in for a diving header. He's um, a funny. He's a funny. But he's gonna yeah. score a lot of goals. The thing with Benitez though is I think it's gonna take a while. But once he gets the ideas set, I do think some of those defensive errors will minimise. Yeah. He's very much all about kind of like automation, making sure people do the right thing. Mm. Um, he's he's just, he's so pragmatic and. I think we saw a little bit of it last year with Everton being good in the bigger games. Um, and I think they're going to continue that because he is very good at setting a team up in a big game. So I wouldn't be surprised if Everton do well in the bigger games and then fall short against the sides who are around them. So basically us and and below them as well. So I think I, think I can expect Everton to have a real middling season, maybe like between anywhere between 7th and 11th is where they're going to end up. Yeah, um, just talking to managers, maybe should have touched this early. It'll be good to see when he goes up against Bielsa. Uh, obviously, the Leeds boss signed a new one-year contract uh, one day before the Premier League season starts. And uh, he's that's held the, in high that's esteem. That's the next game in as well. Yeah, yeah it's Leeds yeah. the next game. So that'd be good. Well, that, that, that's why I dropped it in. See, I, 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 the assist and Ash with the... That's, the way, that's why we work so well, my guy. That's it. That's the way we work. <clears> it'll be a good clash of... Uh, managers of teams but Bielsa signing Leeds fans have to be happy with that it's a bit more stability for them obviously they're trying to maintain another year in the Premier League which I feel they'll do not if they were defending like yesterday but um, they always bring excitement and uh, yeah 
good look for Leeds with Bielsa signing there. Everton three, Southampton one. No real surprises there. As we move on with the results, we've got Leicester beating Wolves one 0 Vardy again. Cal, did you see any of this, or what's your thoughts sort of? Jamie Vardy popping up. And did you see his celebration in the Wolves' corner? He was howling at the Wolves fans as a an ode to sort of shit sorry. I, I didn't actually catch any of this game. Um, I did think to myself, I did see the highlights, uh, but and I did think to myself, maybe I should put a Leicester striker in my fantasy team. I was thinking about Vardy, but, you know, looking at the price and last season form of I.E. Natural, I ended up going for him. And the guy didn't even start the game. But, um, yeah, good win for um, for Leicester. They're a team that I'm expecting to do well this season. And, um, yeah, uh, it's nice to see uh, Amate getting some games, although it might just be on a temporary basis. We shall see. Yeah, he's a cheap he's a cheap player for fantasy football. I know a few people have got him in and he paid off with uh, the clean sheet yesterday. Moving on, one game that didn't have clean sheets, Watford back to the Premier League once again, this time playing Aston Villa. One team that have done a lot of business early, obviously selling Jack Grealish and then bringing in um, Bailey, bringing in Danny Ings, who got on the score sheet with a 97th minute penalty, which I was grateful for in fantasy football, of course. But um, a few issues at the back with their goals. Uh, Watford looking good. I was impressed with Saar, um, although his goal took a massive deflection. Uh, and the front, the front few looked lively. The sub coming on, Suarez, the Colombian, phenomenal goal, came in on the left, sort of brought in on his right and then off the post. Watford looking good. We shall see if they're able to sort of maintain this against other teams. Though It's like defensive mistake, you know, defensive goals, defensive uh, structure. That's what helps you stay in the league. That's what helps you win games. Um, but well done to Watford. Villa got to be disappointed there, but I think it's going to take a while for their new players to settle in. Agreed. Right. Um, did you see the Liverpool game? Did you captain Salah? I captained Salah, yeah. I thought um, Salah was, you know, he's just one of these players, like, he doesn't actually always play really well, but he does seem to come up with the end product. You know, he just, mm. as soon as he gets the ball, he just shoots. Sometimes he just skied. There was one opportunity where he just skied it. He was just about in the box and, and he yeah. hit it so hard and, and he went so wide, so high. Um, and it, for me, that was just like a good example of what Salah's game. As soon as he gets the ball, he just shoots. And because he gets so many opportunities, that's why he scores so many goals. I think we did our end-of-season review and the stats kind of revealed that on this podcast as well. And so that's going to continue into this season. Um, he didn't play particularly well, but he got himself a goal. I think he got an assist as well. Yeah, he got a few assists, I think. Um, Two assists and a goal. So, yeah, he done I mean, well. So it, it looks like, on paper, it looks like he had a great performance. But <laughs> you watch the game, <laughs> he, he wasn't playing that well at all. Diogo yeah. Jota, though, I mean, he's an interesting one because you don't really know what's going to happen with, with that whole Liverpool attack with Jota and Firmino and whether who's going to start in which game. It's going to be a long season. They've got a lot of competitions to play, so they're all going to be getting minutes. But um, and maybe Jota can play on the flanks as well, so yeah, we'll see how that works out going forward. But I was actually pleasantly surprised to see Jota playing as like you know the furthest player forward, um, and then Firmino coming off the bench. 
but that seems to be the way Liverpool are doing it right now. Interesting midfield lineup, wasn't it? With Katar, Milner, and Oxley Chamberlain in the midfield. Yeah, and that was a funny one. Yeah, still enough to steamroll Norwich and 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 get the three points. I think that he obviously Klopp obviously thought that they had enough to deal with Norwich, who'd just been newly promoted as well, um, who aren't gonna sit deep and just defend. They're gonna come out and try and play football. Uh, another team that tries to play football and they come to the Prem and, and fair play to them. But Milner still going, you know, what a player. I think, you know, the fact that he's, I think he made his debut in 2002. I remember watching his debut and, and I've been a huge fan ever since his debut. He's just been Mr. Consistent. He mm. rarely has a bad game and he, he plays in so many different positions and, and he seems like he, he's the type of guy that just does a job, doesn't complain. You know, if you need him to do left back, right back, whatever it is, he'll just mm. just do the job and get it done. I was happy to see Oxlade-Chamberlain get a lot of minutes under his belt and Keita as well, who, who needs to push on. So they had a makeshift midfield, like you said, and they did the business. They brought on Fabinho later on and Firmino, who, you know, can shore it up, who, you know, arguably got to be starters down the line. You've got Henderson waiting to come back. We've got Thiago and uh, Gomez was on the bench. Um, I felt the fullback that everyone got in their fantasy team, if you haven't, then, you, then you're slipping. He's only like four mil, but um, Simac- was it? Simicus, that was it. Simicus. And he looked like right at home. He looked like he deserved to be on the left-hand side. He was bombing forward. He was linking up well with uh, Sadio Mane getting crosses in. I know he had a few assists in pre-season and um, he's filling in for Robertson. So great debutant performance there. Liverpool clean sheet. How many clean sheets are they going to get this season? They're now they've got, yeah, now they've got the Rolls Royce back. Now they've got Virgil. Yeah, like you um, say, it seems like Van Dijk uh, back. Yeah, the sorry, whole yeah. difference is coming back now. Uh, as you say, Gomez is back in contention. Matip's back as well. He was injured last season. They're like new um, signings, didn't it, really, if you think about it? I think they're going to make Alisson a bit more comfortable. Maybe the reason, because we saw Alisson have a few shaky games towards the end of last season. And maybe the reason for that is maybe his lack of confidence with the defence in front of him, you know. And now that you've got the likes of Van Dijk and Matip back, that's going to make him feel a lot more comfortable. Um, And I think, you know, when you look at the fact that they've had players out and the fact that they've kind of maybe had a bit of a B team playing today against Norwich and still won 3-0. That kind of illustrates my point with Arsenal not having a squad capable of being able to compete in the Premier League um, versus what Liverpool have done. I mean, this, like you say, this this kid Simakis or however you pronounce his name, um, he's come in and done a solid job at left back. Um, Robertson will be back soon enough. Um, and the likes of Oxlade-Chamberlain, Milner and Cato, that whole midfield isn't going to be playing week in, week out in the Premier League. Um, you know, Fabinho is going to be back. Um, I wonder if Liverpool are going to make a signing because they're yet to make a signing yet. And um, having lost Wijnaldum in the midfield, maybe someone else might be coming in. But then they do have Thiago still to come in. So Yeah, I know they got someone from uh, Leipzig, I think, in the German League and that was on the bench. But they've got they've got enough... They've got enough quality for two players in every position, maybe even three at a stretch. But, you know, the midfield, the, the centre-back pairing um, that they were struggling with last year because of the injuries has been showed up. Matip played well yesterday, I felt. And uh, Alisson pulled off some great saves towards the end of the game to keep everyone's clean sheet intact. So Liverpool looking strong as well. It's going to be between, the you know, the big four, as we've already said. So just this determines, this, I suppose, not determines where they go, but when Good they play on- each other... 
what Good happens. Point. On one of their signings, which was uh, that you just talked about, uh, Kanate. So he's a defender, big physical guy, and um, and he's only young as well, so he's going to get better and better over time. Uh, Frenchman, young Frenchman from the uh, Bundesliga. Um, he did look good last season, and I think he's going to be a very good player for Liverpool. Wicked, wicked. Right. Today's games, we've got Newcastle, West Ham. Um, West Ham looking to push on from their success from last season under David Moyes. No Jesse Lingard, which will be interesting. I would have thought they would have tried to sign him. Obviously, there were some issues there, maybe with pay or personal DLs or he just wanted to stay at Manu. But Mikel Antonio, for me, I've got him in my fantasy team. Can he pop up? Willock, obviously, going to be starting. Um, should he be fit, which I don't see there being any issues. And uh, should be a good game. Looking forward to that. And then the big game, Super Sunday. This is what it's about. Before everyone goes back to work, fans are in. Spurs play Man City. All of this news about Kane. Is he isolating? Is he refusing to train? What's going to happen? It'll be an interesting test for Nuno Santos. Uh, Spurs playing Man City. I'm looking forward to that, Kyle. I know you are as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, this Kane saga is really interesting. Um, I don't think anybody could begrudge Kane being a bit salty right now because everyone knows Man City were interested in him. And if things would have turned out differently, maybe he would be at Man City right now instead of Grealish being there. And you wonder, the fact that they spent $100 million on Jack Grealish, is that going to impact their ability to make another big signing? Is it possible that maybe they wanted Kane, but they, they, you know, they didn't really like the asking price? Going back and forth with Daniel Levy, they, they thought, well, we can just slap down 100 million and get Grealish instead. And, you know, is it now maybe that time has passed and maybe Kane's going to have to end up staying at Spurs? And for him, what is he, 29 years old now? I mean, and still no trophies to his name, a quality, top quality player like that, knowing that he has the ability to be in a team and produce the goods that helps his team to win trophies. It's going to be eating him up, especially after getting to the uh, European Championship final in the summer and not winning that trophy. He's going to be even more desperate to win trophies now. Um, so to have to play a whole season, potentially with a team that just is always the bridesmaid and never the bride, mm. you know, with a new manager that isn't experienced in winning trophies, at least with Jose Mourinho, it was like, OK, we might not play sexy football, but this guy knows how to win. But that didn't even work out. Mm. And then to replace him, you bring in a guy that doesn't even have any trophies yet. Like, come on, man. I mean, from from said, Kane's perspective, it, he must be thinking, I need to get the hell out of it. Yeah. Nuno said he's, un, he's unsure whether he'll start or not. I doubt he will. He can't be much fit. And also his head won't be in the game. But um, Well, this is the thing. Maybe, maybe as a professional, he will be able to turn up and do his job. But there was talk that Kane was late for training um, and Kane, you know, might was actually apparently fined. So could this be a situation where it's maybe a disciplinary thing? Like, you know, because of your previous actions, we're not going to start you in the game. And then they just say, oh, he's taken a knock or, you know, he's he's not fit or whatever it is. Mm. He's going to be ill. <laughs> like saying about like, is it? <laughs> he's just ill. Well, what's the I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. Let's be honest with the fans. Um, so yeah, although 
Have you seen that picture of, uh, I think it's, uh, was it the Real Madrid? And then it's got Ronaldinho posing next to him in a basket. And it's like, yeah, Harry Kane, when he's posing with the Man City team today. <laughs> he's got to have one eye on Man City. Levy wants the maximum. He deserves the maximum. He's arguably the best striker. Well, he's the best striker in the world. Is he the best player in the world? Not at the moment. But if he goes to Man City, could he be? I say yes. Watch this space. Um, someone who has won trophies, maybe he could give us a few trophies, and who's made the move is Lionel Messi, was introduced to PSG fans before Saturday's win over 10-man Strasbourg. Uh, the former Barcelona star was presented along with the other signings of Ramos, Donnarumma, Wijnaldum and Hikimi. I mean, what four players to sign as well. And then all of them presented in front of the fans. Fans were going absolutely ape. They loved it. And then they went on to watch their team batter Strasbourg 4-2. Goals from Icardi, Mbappe, Draxler and Sariba. What a t- this PSG team. I mean, you know, Cal, this is like fantasy football, FIFA 21, ultimate team dreams are made of. Like, is, is, any other, is anyone not going to choose PSG or Man City when it comes to FIFA? You know, what a team. Messi. It really is. It's ridiculous. It's like, eh? it's like Pochettino's playing career mode. It's literally like that. Just go out and just buy whatever players you want. It's a video game. It's not real life. I mean, I watched the uh, the PSG game and the, yeah, they they look really good going forward. And in that game, Messi and Neymar were both sitting in the stands. Mm. Um, but you know, we talked about Wijnaldum leaving Liverpool. That's where he's ended up. Their summer transfer recruitment has been ridiculous. Wijnaldum from Liverpool, Hakimi from Inter, he just won the league over there. Um, you know, Messi from Barcelona, one of the greatest players of all time, arguably the greatest player of all time. Um, Sergio Ramos, arguably the greatest defender of all time, has come over from Real Madrid. It's just, uh, and, they, and they've got the uh, European Championship winning goalkeeper, Donnarumma, uh, it's from Milan. So it's like, <laughs> what more could you want as a coach you want top quality players and they've brought in literally top quality in every single position defense midfield attack goal ah wow it's just if they don't win the champions league now i think pochettino should rightly so be under some serious pressure or well, they should at least get to the, the final you know, mm-hmm. they should definitely be winning the um, the French League and they should be getting to the final of the Champions League. With a team like that, who's going to stop them? Well, there's a few teams. I think they can definitely clean up on the domestic level. There's no arguments there, although there's obviously some cases for, say, Monaco and Lille and Nice. Um, it's just whether they're getting the competitiveness week in, week out to then up the levels when they step into the Champions League. Obviously, the Premier League other leagues it's every game they're competing you know it's full-on war sometimes so when they step into the champions league they've got that edge that sharpness i i just hope psg have got it i mean anything less than the final will be seen as a failure and less than winning it you know be a failure that seems almost too good to be true but like as we know football anything can happen they had a great chance this season man city just got there before them to get into the final. And, I think um, it's fair to say with the demise of teams in other leagues, the demise of the, the big teams in Serie A, the demise of the big teams in La Liga, PSG has now emerged as the biggest football team in the world. 
and they should be favourites to win everything, every competition they play in now. Um, and just signing Leo Messi alone is a statement in itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I saw the uh, the farewell. Um, I want to call it a ceremony because it's kind of like it's kind of a big deal. It's it's like um, how long has he been at, at Barcelona? He's been there for so long, and you know uh, his children were there. You know his wife. Uh, all of his sort of Barcelona teammates, and it just looked like a really emotional kind of a, a time as he as he stood up and addressed the crowd, you know, and, and Messi broke down into tears, <laughs> saying that you know maybe a year ago he was unhappy and he wanted to go, but I stand before you today as a man that didn't want to go. I honestly thought I was going to stay, um, and uh, there's something that's gone wrong, you know, according to what. Laporta and what the board have come out and said, they've said there was some kind of a mistake and, you know, that they intended to keep Messi, but, you know, the, the financial fair play rules have prevented them. And they were trying to, they were trying to say that wages were an issue and they needed other players to take like a wage cut and stuff like that. Yeah. In order for Messi to, to and it just, the whole thing just reeks of bad management, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. if you've got someone like Leo Messi, Surely that should be your priority. You prioritise getting Messi tied down to a new contract um, and then you deal with everybody else. But, you know, they they offered a new contract to Griezmann and they did some other things. So whatever's going on, maybe it's one of those situations where all all parties were agreed that Messi was going to leave, but in public they say something different. Mm. Well, you got Samuel Titi, who was uh, booed by fans amid Messi's exit, and um, and Titi took to the uh, dressing room and didn't join in in their recent trophy celebrations after fans booed him about you know not taking a pay cut. And I think it's going to be quite a toxic place at Barcelona if they don't win games straight away and start putting on the performances. You know, how do you replace? Well, they haven't replaced that golden era of Iniesta, Xavi. And now Messi's gone. Um, it's not looking good for them. Not looking good. They could be turning on their their ball very soon and the players, which no one likes to see. But what next for Barcelona, the Spanish league, and and the Spanish league as a whole? You know, those those names were massive draws for for fans around the world to watch the games. You know, and now he's gone. Let's just see what happens. Hmm. Right. Uh, moving forward, talking of sad times, uh, Twitter abuse. Or oh, what was nice was seeing. I don't know if you saw it, but like when Saka came on against Brentford, the uh, away the home fans were cheering him on. He's getting he's, he's getting a lot of support. I know when he came on against Spurs in the friendly, he's getting a standing ovation. So that's been really positive to see that everyone's coming together to uh, applaud and support Saka. And I think the same thing happened with Sancho as well. But Saka. Uh, sort of was uh, come to the, you know it, it was it was it was clearer because of the games he came on at. Um, it says here Twitter uses ban- uh, Twitter users banned after racial abuse of England players still posting online. Thirty offenders found posting under altered usernames um, will be banned from football game. Um, this is finally Twitter and social media taking a stand and doing something to support football teams with getting these racists out of our clubs and getting them banned from attending football games and holding people accountable. Um, 
this looks this looks like a step in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I think more and more when we hear about these abuse stories, it, it kind of demoralizes us, doesn't it? Um, uh, but then every now and again, you hear about one of these authorities that decide we're going to implement such and such policy to prevent these kinds of things from happening. So, you know, it, it's it, it, there is a little glimmer of hope there that things will slowly get better. Um mm. Oh, I've mis I've misread this. Twitter users banned. I thought they were banned from football games. I thought they found out who they were. Sorry, it's just banned. They're they're just banning the accounts. Which personally, yeah. I mean, what I would like to see is I would like to see less of just kind of like reactionary measures. Mm. Like, you know, oh yeah, you've been racist. Now your account is going to get banned, or you've been abusive. Now your account's going to get banned. I would like to see people's ideas, people's mentalities changing, so that they don't even go to abuse somebody in the first place uh, so how do you do that how do you change people's mentality well that's a big question isn't it and that's something that everyone in society needs to contribute to towards kind of changing culture and changing people's behaviors changing people's actions mm. well said well said it comes with education comes with supporting one another and you know letting everyone know that we're all the same and we're all the same because we're brought together by football. Obviously, you listen to this, you appreciate football, you love football, you love the podcast, the play on podcast. I'm sure we've gone over all the notes. Cal, anything extra time wise? Um, we look to a uh, Ars- uh, we look from Arsenal that, to Newcastle earlier. Yeah, you touched on that his move, which was good. I'm, yeah, I'm happy yeah, for him. You, I, I, I want to salute the young man because I think he's he's one of those players that always puts in an honest shift. Like, you know, people, Arsenal fans have been critical of uh, like Ozil and his body language looking like he's not working hard and stuff like that. Even though he's a ridiculously talented footballer, that's the kind of thing that gets people's back up, isn't it? Um, yeah. But Willick isn't a player where you would ever say he hasn't put in an honest shift. Uh, maybe he doesn't have the level of quality of a Mesut Ozil, but, you know, he he works hard and, and, and we like to see it. Um, and I wish him well. I think at Newcastle, he's going to fit in there like a glove. Uh, we saw how good he was last season under Steve Bruce. Um, so you hope that can continue. Um, I'm not sure if we mentioned Turin Zabi to Villa. Um, and uh, I don't think we talked a whole lot about Lukaku uh, to Chelsea and the deference that he's been uh, receiving and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, shout out to Lukaku. I think he's going to be signing of the season. I think he's going to come in and absolutely smash it. Uh, that's what we want to see. Um, and that's what I'm afraid of when, when Arsenal play Chelsea. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to bully them. He's going to absolutely... <laughs> that's coming up next week. And this might be the return of Didier Drogba, the way Drogba always used to terrorise uh, Arsenal defences. I think Lukaku has potential to... He, he learned under him. He started he started off under Didier Drogba's tutelage at Chelsea. And now he's back. He might be there to reclaim that throne, man. And uh, I am worried, especially when you look at how lightweight the likes of Ben White and Pablo Mwari look at the moment. That is a recipe for disaster. Mm. There's a, a simple statement that Rudiger mentioned on Lukaku and he just said, he is a beast. <laughs> Arsenal going to get absolutely beasted. The Premier League is back. Teams are getting beasted. Um, we love to see it. Well, depending on your team, obviously. Uh, there's lots going on. As always, you can hit us up on all 
streaming platforms and on social media at podcast play on at beer rants uh, beer rap Vance. big up to everyone who's joined the beer rap Vance fantasy football league is it too late to join cal the fantasy football league or um it's, it's still open they just wouldn't have joined from week one so okay. um let me read out the let me read out the, the code and we've been posting it on social media but if you are a fantasy football head and you haven't joined then you need to join and obviously catch this free smoke the FPL pin is capital X P B W N N. So that's capital X and then all lowercase P B W N N. And uh, good luck to everyone involved. Fantasy football is keeping us busy as we've got five, ten minutes idle hands to say we're getting on this weekend. Who's uh, who's doing well? I'm fifth. Simon Dorset. He's currently top with 89 points. I like Chance it. Oh, my side. brother-in-law's just above me. Oh, Kyle. My brother-in-law's got 83 points. No, he's on the yeah. same points as me. That don't make sense. Why is um, that then? Oh, Size recently had a uh, a job offer, actually. Uh, so shout out to, to Size. Got himself a promotion. Nice. Uh, yeah, I think he's officially management now, not just a football manager. So yeah, big okay. up to him. Doing it, doing it. 89 points, right. So wherever you are in Fantasy Football League, whether you're going to play your wild card straight away because you've had a, a nightmare or you're going to sit tight for the next few weeks, let us know. Uh, myself, Ben English, as always, hosting. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Have a good weekend and a good week. Peace.